0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode two of the Badly Branded Podcast. I'm your host, Beulah Marie, and I've got lots that I want to chat about with all of you today, so let's dive right in. Today, I'm going to give you a little background on who I am, circle back to some Britney Spears and Jamie Lynn drama, chat a bit more about some TV, and then we will move on to Pete Davidson, Kanye West, and Taylor Swift. Let's get going. (laughs) First, I'll explain a little more about who I am so that you kind of know a bit more about who you're listening to. I work in people management and a leadership role, but I'm also a writer and I write a little bit of everything. I'm a published author, but I also write freelance medical news articles, a personal blog, poetry. I write both fiction and nonfiction, and I am working on a couple of book projects as we speak. And I, much like my podcast and social media, am what you might call badly branded. I don't have a strong, cohesive personal brand or a real niche. I don't follow formulas. I don't follow, you know, the roles of content curation or marketing. And I've honestly just never fit neatly into one little box. I know everyone says that, but I mean it. I don't know that I necessarily am an easy person to pigeonhole or define, nor would I want to be, to be honest with you. I'm just passionate about a lot of things, and I've also worked in a lot of different areas. I've worked for several tech startups. I've been a health coach, worked at an elementary school. I've worked in marketing. I've done pharmaceutical consulting, social media work, and I've worked for a medical nonprofit. I have fundraised tens of thousands of dollars for health and literacy and animal causes. I've sat on the board of directors for an animal welfare organization. I've gotten awards for philanthropy and empowering women. I was a top 40 under 40 winner and inducted into our local fashion hall of fame, though you would never believe that one if you saw me on a day-to-day. Let's see. What else? Um, I worked on air at a top 40 radio station. I've taken fashion design classes. I minored in music business. I've met a lot of celebrities and been on TV and always had a passion for psychology and behavioral health as well. But honestly, I always envisioned working in the entertainment industry. There were so many jobs that interested me. So I saw myself doing PR for a record label being a concert reviewer, or a writer for Rolling Stone or Vogue, having my own talk show, being an artist manager or a band promoter, or even a lyricist and songwriter. But honestly, um, you know, life and my health took me other places. And so now I'm where I'm meant to be, and I am in the digital health space for both my full-time and part-time jobs. But all of those other areas still interest me a lot even though my day job and my part-time job are nothing like that. And that's okay. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I'm just a big nerd at heart. I like antiquing and bird watching and karaoke. I collect limited edition Barbie dolls and Funko Pops. I fangirl over Gavin Rossdale, and I read a lot. And while I occasionally have pink or purple hair, And I do have some tattoos and piercings. I'm honestly very much on the basic side. Yeah, really basic. Like, I like Target and Starbucks and selfies and Michael Kors. So, that's me. So, last time we talked a little, maybe a lot, (laughs) about my pets and television. But mostly it was about, you guessed it, the legendary Miss Britney Spears. I will move on from that for now um, because I do tend to talk about her incessantly, but I just got to point something small out first before I do move along. So looping back to episode one, I'm just going to add this. Britney Spears' sister, Jamie Lynn, went on this podcast called Call Her Daddy to try to like prove that she offered to help Britney, and she did this by showing private text messages allegedly between the two of them, between the two sisters. And she showed them on this podcast, keep in mind, that has gazillions of listeners. This is problematic, in my opinion, for two reasons. One, Jamie Lynn went on her own Instagram a couple of weeks ago and basically begged Brittany to contact her privately to talk instead of airing dirty laundry in the public eye. Yet she goes and does this. I mean, make it make sense, because it doesn't. (laughs) Uh, Secondly, let's pretend that the texts were to and from Britney's phone, or that giving her the benefit of the doubt that Jamie Lynn actually believed that these texts truly were to and from Britney's phone. Folks, court documents and actual evidence indicate that Britney's phone and iPad were surveilled and mirrored. So, other people had access to Britney's texts and could have been texting as her, deleting messages, and so on. Let's not forget that. Britney had very little, if any, access to her phone or other personal devices. So, I just don't know what it proved. And I feel like basically Jamie Lynn's little text drama, for which she got a cease and desist, by the way, did nothing at all to help her case and instead just cast more shade on her and on the whole situation. It's just hypocritical, in my opinion, and I know there are three sides to every story. I get that. And I do believe firmly that Jamie Lynn deserves some level of empathy, of course, for her own personal traumas but come on, this ain't it. Stop exploiting Britney, please. Okay. So let me take a breath because all of the free Britney drama gets me a little fired up. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some other things, but first, um, before I move along here for inquiring minds who want to know, let me just say this. Whoever said fish tanks are low key or low-maintenance, or a stress reducer was lying, outright lying. Um, They've been the most stressful pets I've ever owned thus far. And keep in mind, I have three dogs and a parrot. But the fish have been a challenge. Let's just say that the Jonas Brothers are no more. Um, And I really hope Freddie Mercury makes it. Kind of distressing. It's a tough situation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just listen to episode one uh, and send some fish prayers over to (laughs) Freddie. We'll see what happens. Um, It's wild though. Fairly distraught over it. Not relaxing. Not low maintenance. (laughs) Um, Anyway, also hearkening back to episode one, I'm going to update my TV recommendations and my to-watch list and my currently watching list a little bit. I've added a couple more shows I want to check out or that I've just started. So specifically, The Gilded Age is one that I want to watch. And I just began the latest season of Cheer, the cheerleading docuseries on Netflix, which I forgot to mention last time. I was a cheerleader myself for a moment in time, so I'm really into that. I have a lot of respect for the sport of cheerleading and also gymnastics. Um, so that, that show is pretty good. And just so you all know, I don't sit around watching TV all day or anything like that. Um, on weekends I catch up and I often will have something on while I'm cooking. And at night my husband and I will watch, I don't know, anywhere from one to three or four episodes of something together, just depending on the length of the show the night of the week, and what time we decide to eat dinner, what time we have to get up the next day, whatever else we have going on. Uh, Right now, we're still doing Cobra Kai, like I had mentioned. This season is honestly annoying me a bit. It's becoming a little overkill, in my opinion. I still like it, but the campiness and the corniness sometimes go beyond charming into the realm of cringe. I just feel like the dialogue is a lot. It's not great. I feel like the dialogue is very cringeworthy. I do love how nostalgic it is. I think the nostalgia is a key part of why that show is successful. And they do a really good job of creating a lot of dynamic characters, most of whom are likable. Even the ones you don't like that much um, are multi layered, and you often find some space there to sympathize with them, but I don't know, the the fights, they're overly choreographed and unrealistic more so than previous seasons. It's just, I don't know, a little cheesy, a little campy, but I think that's maybe the fun of it. I might be overanalyzing it and giving it a little harsh criticism, but yeah, so that's Cobra Kai. And then cheer, I'm just mentally preparing myself for the rest of the season because I admittedly was a Jerry Harris fan and the news surrounding Jerry Harris was very hard to take. My thoughts go out to his victims. It was all very dark, very surprising, but very dark. And so I'm curious to see how Netflix and how Cheer is going to address that scandal. Anywho, I want to chat a bit about Pete Davidson since I mentioned him in the last episode. First, I have to say or clarify that I have been a Kanye apologist in the past, but I just can't with him lately. Spreading rumors that Pete Davidson has AIDS is wildly inappropriate. Like, There aren't even words for it, you know? It's immature and it's messed up. And Pete Davidson does live with uh, a medical issue. He lives with an autoimmune condition. I live with an autoimmune condition too. An autoimmune condition is not AIDS. I mean, what the heck? Pete has Crohn's, which is different from what I have, but neither are AIDS. Not that we should look down on people with AIDS, but Pete Davidson, to my knowledge, And hey, I could be wrong. I don't know the guy. But to my knowledge, he does not have it. And it's childish and also ableist for Kanye to weaponize that and use it as some kind of insult against his ex-wife's new boyfriend. Furthermore, on Pete Davidson, like I said last time, I like him. He, in my opinion, uh, maybe doesn't deserve to be on SNL. I just, that I don't really get, to be honest. But in general, he's a funny and likable guy. He's not unattractive, yet people say the rudest things about him. And I admit in the past, I have also been like, I don't get it. How does Pete Davidson get all of these gorgeous women? But then I thought about it. And what the heck? Like, shame on me for saying that because, again, he isn't unattractive. And furthermore, who cares if he was? Who cares? He's funny. He's charming. He's likable. And maybe, just maybe, he's a really nice guy with a really good personality. I mean, listen, We know the other rumors about him, or at least those of us that follow celebrity gossip know those other rumors about Pete Davidson, but I'm sure it's about more than that to objectify him to the point of him only being a quote, unquote, tripod or having BDE. And those are the internet's words for him, not mine is just as bad as objectifying women for their looks alone, or shaming a woman for how many romantic partners she's had. It's just not right, regardless of gender. And, you know, personality does go a long way. So I say good for Pete Davidson, and good for Kim Kardashian if he makes her happy. And I will discuss Kim K in the next episode. I know I told you all that I would give my thoughts on the, Kardashian and I, the Kardashians, and I will. I've just got a lot of other stuff that I want to talk about today. Um, and, you know, I did like Kim and Kanye together, too, like when it was good. In watching the show, I saw a very sweet and shy side of Kanye, and I thought they were good together at first, at least. Um, and they seemed like best friends at the beginning. And I think it was good until it turned ugly. So I will say that as well. Um, But before I move on fully from Kanye West and Pete Davidson, I want to also add that it's gross how we collectively, or maybe not we collectively, but at least the tabloid industry, the entertainment blogs, the media, and celebrity gossip worlds are pitting two men with known mental health struggles against each other. It's weird. And it's not right. And I don't think either one deserves to be torn down. I just hope this doesn't lead to something tragic. I really, really don't want to see Pete fall victim to the Kardashian curse. And actually, I hate that whole idea of the Kardashian curse because it puts all the blame on the women and it doesn't hold the men accountable for their own decisions. But I really don't want to see something bad happen to Pete because of all of this. And I also have a lot of empathy for Kanye. Both of these guys deserve some grace. And Kanye, my goodness, he's a genius, an artist, a visionary creative. Um, I was just talking about this last night when my hubby and I were kind of exploring what old songs have been sampled in modern hip-hop. and There was a lot of Kanye uh, in that discussion and in that list. And he just does amazing things with his work. Um, He's a performance artist and he's a wonderful producer and and a good lyricist and just so creative. And he really has a vision. And people make fun of Kanye. And listen, his run for president was freaking absurd. (laughs) But I do wish he could channel his energy into keeping all of that great art coming instead of whatever he's trying to do to Kim and Pete right now. And I also thought Kanye was religious now. So like spreading AIDS rumors doesn't really feel Christian or religious or spiritual to me. So like, is that what was taught at Sunday service? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I should also point out that at no point has a conservatorship been instated on Kanye West, Pete Davidson, Charlie Sheen, Chris Brown, Justin Bieber, Michael Jackson, any number of rock stars or other male celebrities, keyword male. All these guys have had public mental health struggles or, you know, bad behavior in public. Some have even had breakdowns or illegal or illicit activity they were not stripped of their human rights and their civil liberties and their personhood and robbed of their future and robbed of their fortune and, you know, practically imprisoned and trafficked um, because they're men. You know, I will say MJ, Michael Jackson, found himself in some sketch situations regarding some of his decision-making and his fortune, and, you know, there's probably stuff that goes on behind the scenes with all of them, but the MJ stuff is another story for another day. I just think it's interesting, we'll say, that all these guys can act out and struggle and everything, and they're not having all of their choices and freedoms taken away from them, typically. So that's just a point of interest. Um, And sexism in the music industry seem to go hand in hand and they actually lead me to my next topic, T-Swizzle. So the latest drama with Taylor Swift, whether you like her or not, she's a pioneer in the music industry. I mean, she has stood up to bullies and behemoth record labels. She fights for her rights as a music artist and has more than earned her place at the table. So when these condescending white guys like Damon, I can't even think of his last name, Alburn from Blur and the gorillas, um, try to come for her and belittle her accomplishments, it really grinds my gears. So this guy said she doesn't even write her own music. False. That could not be further from the truth. And I feel like people who aren't even Taylor Swift fans Know that she writes her own songs. And unlike many pop stars out there today, she is a prolific and highly respected, highly talented songwriter who Billy Joel has compared to the Beatles, whose talent as a songwriter has been praised by Dolly Parton, as well as literally countless others. And I feel like people who hate on her have no idea what she has achieved and accomplished in her career. Taylor Swift has broken a bombastic amount of records and has written 200 songs or more that have been released. So that's 200 that have been released. How about the ones that she's written that haven't even been released yet? She's also written for other artists and won awards for them with her writing. And then 50 of her songs, she had no co-writers on. No no co-writers. It was just her. So say what you will, but as she would say, the hater is going to hate, 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 because only misinformed people are going to come for her in terms of her ability. That does not mean you have to like Taylor Swift, but she deserves some respect. Damon Auburn and others might not have to like her or her music, and that's fine, but you can't Deny the impact that she's had on the industry, the influence that she's had on pop culture and music marketing and the pay structure and music royalties and, and artist rights and artist control, or just how prolific she's been as a songwriter and a musician. Now, he, of course, claims after some backlash. That his quote was taken out of context, which, listen, I know that happens all the time with the media, but I read the interview in its entirety, and not that I inherently trust the media, not by far, but I don't think they left out any context here that would have been helpful or changed his tone. He was being very patronizing and condescending and judgy, and it was just unwarranted. He was being super judgmental, and then, like, also, Comparing Billie Eilish to Taylor Swift is silly. Yeah, they're two females on the younger side, but they're not the same type of artist. They're both super talented. You don't have to pit them against each other or choose one over the other. And I might add, they're both more well-known and I think probably more successful than him if we're being honest about it. So he can have a few seats, you know? I feel like the Taylor Swift hate usually boils down... Two, ignorance, sexism, or jealousy. Any one of those three or sometimes a combination. But it's, it's usually the misogyny piece, if we're being honest here, which I always am, aside from not using my real name on this podcast. Side note, since I mentioned Dolly Parton earlier, can we talk about what a freaking national treasure she is? Dolly Parton is up there with the late, great Betty White for just being generally beloved and generally awesome. Dolly has done so much for music and so much for humanity. I just love her and I respect the heck out of her. And I also love that in recent interviews, she defended both Taylor Swift and Britney Spears. She knows how to give credit where credit is due. Before I go, I have a little vent slash rant unrelated to any of that. And it is a little soapbox moment, but isn't having a podcast, just being on a soapbox anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's kind of unrelated to any of that. But let's be honest, what I'm about to say is related to almost everything nowadays. And it pertains to many situations. Um, I'm talking about a specific scenario, but other things have come out since I had these thoughts that it would apply to as well. And it's this. Despite having worked in journalism and media and social media, I despise social media and the news media sometimes. It's like one misinformed and inflammatory post can go viral and cause a flurry of so-called news articles just for clicks and views. It's ignorance, it's the mob mentality, it's clickbait, it's dangerous, and it's damaging. You know, people don't read beyond a headline. And if they do, they aren't considering the source or the reliability of that source or where the information came from. People do not fact check or practice any semblance of media literacy. And furthermore, cancel culture is an absurd social construct. And while in my opinion, it is warranted some of the time in very obvious and extreme situations, a lot of the time, it's just ridiculous and not even real. And it's something for bored people to whine about until the next trend or baseless accusation or offense pops up trust me, I know there are people and companies that do deserve to be canceled. I agree with that. But we really have weaponized this notion of being canceled and cancel culture. And the purpose behind it and the intent behind it and the impact behind it have really been diluted to the point that it just feels hateful and petty now. And it feels very much like it is lacking any sort of discernment we're just canceling everyone and everything willy-nilly. I feel like when the notion of canceling kind of first began, it was usually saved for certain scenarios that were more on the atrocious side. And now it feels like people are being canceled for the most benign, mundane scenarios. It's like, I don't know. I don't think you can just cancel somebody because you Don't like the way they said something, or something kind of rubs you the wrong way. For me, it has to be something that warrants it. You know, it has to be a more meaningful circumstance and have a broad reach of offensiveness or being problematic. You can't just cancel people or brands. Any little thing. Cause then it just becomes trivial and silly and mockable. And it's that's where we're at now. It's become a circus. It almost feels like cancel culture is like a sport. I'm if we're gonna reference Taylor Swift again, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna excuse myself from that narrative. And I'll also quote Taylor Swift and just say, you need to calm down, people. You know, trust me, I have been outraged and offended by things in the past and still happens from time to time. And I get fired up about certain issues and certain things I see in the media or whatever, but you got to pick your battles, right? Like you can't just get mad and outraged and offended by every single thing. But Americans love to be outraged and offended and most have the attention span of a gnat and couple those things with people who are either wildly self-righteous or stuck in a fixed mindset and or are as intelligent as a rock and you got an ugly scenario on your hands. (sighs) So that's my little rant. Um, It's all just getting silly, you know, silly. So anywho, I think next time we'll dig into some celebrity blind item stories perhaps i may give my long awaited thesis on the kardashians maybe we'll start diving into michael jackson although i don't know he might need like 3 hours devoted to him <laughs> and maybe not next time but in a future episode i'm going to share with you about my love for birding and why i compare bird watching to being a paparazzo but like not in a bad way <laughs> um but I'd love for you to go on my badly branded Facebook page and let me know what you want to hear more of. So do you want to divulge from the celebrity stuff and delve into some true crime or conspiracy theory things? Um, should we continue with the celebrity nonsense, go deeper into the music side of things, chat about some weird facts and trivia, the bird watching, whatever you tell me. I'd, you know, I also had the idea of like, I would love to just occasionally deconstruct some songs on here, you know, pick a song apart, interpret the lyrics, all of that. I think that would be fun. But honestly, I want to hear what you want to hear about because I'm a talker. I'll talk about anything. <laughs> and I I have a lot of interest. So I'm, I'm happy to, to discuss whatever any of you really want to hear about on this podcast. And as I mentioned last time, I do want to get some guests on here. I just got to figure out the logistics there and what that's going to look like. Because, you know, this is all new to me. So please cut me a break and just have some patience. This is very much a learning process for me. So like last time, I'm going to end with an old poem that I wrote. It's a little dark, but I feel like it can relate to some of the Jamie Lynn stuff, some of the Kanye stuff, some of the anti-Taylor rhetoric, and even my last little rant here about social media. Uh, before I read it, though, don't forget that you can Follow my poetry account on Instagram at abshuck underscore rights. And my main Insta is at ash underscore a-m-b-shuck. But yeah, this poem is intense. So was my last one. Maybe next time I'll be intentional about ending it on a happier note. But here goes. A hateful heart is an albatross. Drowning in bitterness sinks you in a toxic sea, of darkness and energy afoul. Prisons of your own making, like attracts like, signals of victims, trauma imposing, coloring your everyday. Life with strife, with struggle, a chokehold on your happiness, so others run on empty, digging deep into the well of empathy. It's exhausting when you've done it to yourself. So the people cut you off, hearts in half, what's done in dark comes to light and we all have our paths. Change yours if your heart beats unhappy or don't, but please keep others safe from your empty, melancholic, unabated hate. We have room for it no more. No more. Also, just one thing before we go, I would like to allude to the fact that when I was talking about Taylor Swift, I said condescending white men. Yeah it normally is condescending white men, but this episode is called Yay Need to Calm Down. And we did talk a lot about Kanye West. So I would totally be remiss if I didn't also point out that he was one of the first people to kind of attack her career and insult her on a public stage, literally. So, um, it's often condescending white men, but of course it isn't only or always condescending white men. Yay has done his fair share of messing with Taylor as well, as we all know. And so I just wanted to make sure I clarified that point. You know, unlike some podcasters, I'm happy to course correct if need be and take accountability for what I said and make corrections if so needed. So just wanted to mention that. All right. Thanks. And I'll see you for episode three.